He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined today by uh, somebody who I didn't give a migraine to, despite kind of teasing the fact that we were <laughs> we were getting ready to do this. Uh, Pete, you and I, um, the last time we spoke, said, "Hey, we think that the Lakers might have something here, might be able to pull some some fun stuff off." Um, now here we talk, having watched some fun stuff. So how are you doing, bud? I'm feeling very good, man. Look, after this crazy <laughs> roller coaster of a year, like we're amongst the final four. Anthony, has Rob Polinka now secured your your uh, post executive of the year executive of the year vote? Yeah, I think it's pretty inarguable, right? right. Like the 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 only reason that I I wasn't willing to go there quite yet was because like the Lakers were, I believe, on the verge of the play in game, and had they lost both play in games um, when you and I spoke, mm-hmm. um, had they lost both play in games. I'd feel very differently about this season than, than I know it's a, a regular season award and, and all of that stuff, but I've always thought that's such a nonsense cop out. Like I, I, you know, it's it, the point of all of this is to win it this time of year. And, um, the moves that the Lakers made has reshaped the, the, the pathway to the West, like the, the through the West, like it, it is. It is completely reshaped. It's knocked off the Warriors, it, you know, the reigning champs, potentially their dynasty, as as we knew it. Um, it has the chance to knock off somebody who could very easily have won three straight MVPs, uh, it, 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 depending on how the series goes. Potentially winning a championship. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think at this point, if you're just looking at what the award is and and all of that. Polinka hired Ham, which uh, has worked out really well. You had the moves at the deadline, obviously. Um, and, and just kind of generally speaking, you know, the only the only person I think who I think has a claim to it is the guy who won, right? McNair by hiring Mike Brown and how that went. But but yeah, I think I think at this point, I got to give your bop some props. I, I got to give your boss some props. Hey, man, uh, he finished 11th. That's all I want to say. Oh, I, dude, don't get me started on on the nonsense that we saw with these Lakers in these in these awards, right? Yeah. I mean, again, like we, um, the only end of season regular award that is still active in these playoffs is the fucking six man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> MVP gone. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year gone. Um, I think the entirety of the first team All NBA. I believe no, yeah, right, no, yeah. Uh, I, I think the entirety. I think Tatum, of the, Tatum made Tatum made all all NBA first team. I think right. Did he? Did he make or first he team? I think so. I don't have it pulled up. Yeah, I, I. But but either way, like it's just there is just not very. Oh, you know what it was? The all defense team not represented yeah. in these yep. conference finals. Um. So so yeah, I I just think uh you know when when you, when you look at these awards and stuff like. One thing the NBA is really going to have to figure out, and I don't think their fix right now is actually going to work, right? Where they're saying you have to play at least 65 games to be eligible for these awards. I don't think that's going to do it. But the league has to figure out a way to have those awards be more representative of what actually leads to playoff success. They have to. 
Absolutely. And with the play-in being dropped down all the way to the 10th seed, you've got like in the Western Conference, Anthony, every single team that decided we want to make the playoffs made the playoffs, right? Every team that did not, Mm -hmm. whether it's Dallas who got in trouble for it, Dallas did it late, but also Portland, Utah, every other team made a conscious decision like, nah, we're good. We're going to go for the lottery on this. And so when you create an 82 game season where the only thing you have to do to make the playoffs pretty much is want to, right. (laughs) As opposed to the five (laughs) other teams in your conference that are like, actually, let's get a shot at Wembenyama, right? Like, yeah. Then of course you're going to create this regular season. That's really closer to a preseason than that. And that the Lakers have not been the only surprise story. Although I would say like, the Lakers have been one of the very best teams in the NBA since the trade deadline. And yeah. remember when Boston went on their run last year and they they flipped things in the middle of the season, like early January. Now their run was slightly longer and they had slightly better record, but the yeah. narrative around them was entirely, oh, this is the best team in basketball. Like they're a mm-hmm. monster. With the Lakers, it's all skepticism. It's like, who guards? Yeah. How are they going to guard Jokic? How's Jokic going to guard Anthony Davis? You know, like. Yeah. It's, it's I, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he can. Like, I, like I, there's too much on the line, and we'll talk about Denver and in that. Like, I do like you know, a lot has happened since you and I spoke last. Pete, they won two fucking playoff series. They beat the the, the reigning champs in six Hell games, yeah. and and like they might have ended the, the the Warriors' run with Steph sitting on the bench because the game was that far out of hand. Yeah, they um, controlled both series, Anthony. It was 1-0, yeah. then it was then it was 3-1. You know what I mean? Like and then yeah. the game 6 in both cases were blowouts. Those were not particularly close games. They've essentially, you know, and and, and heading into the Warriors uh series, I wrote for Substack like cuz I I thought and look, the Warriors were favored. So I thought I thought that the Lakers weren't the the were uh at least at the beginning heading into that series I thought the Warriors were the better team. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think we figured out over the course of that series not just because of the result but also because you had Steve Kerr trying out three different starting lineups like mm-hmm. the Lakers were the better team in that series. Yeah. And um and and in that series and in Memphis they dictated the script on that series. They basically said we're winning game 1. We'll Kind of, if we can stick around for game two, cool. But mostly, let's just get back to LA healthy, take care of business in three, four. Again, we'll see how it goes. We'll try to compete in game five, whatever. But mostly, let's just try to stay healthy and then beat the crap out of you in game six. And and I, by the way, I think that's the same pathway that they're going to have to utilize here mm-hmm. against Denver. But you have to be uh, a notably better team to dictate the script in that's that right. way. You know, you have... You have to be, you know, quite a bit better than the team to basically go into a game and say like, no, 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 we're winning this one. And by the way, like Golden State was still competitive in in a couple of the games that the Lakers are trying to win Memphis less so. But um, that's just because Steph breaks math and the the Warriors are like one of the great dynasties of of our of our time. But but yeah, like I thought I thought that was one of the the less talked about aspects of the point that you're making right like if boston does that last year it's oh my god look at boston look at look at boston look at boston um and and this time i haven't and even heading into the series and and again denver has been the better team for a longer period of time a lot of sample size there that i thought heading into the season they were my championship pick and then you know they look pretty good when they've wanted to look good but in this one i'm seeing like like 
not, the Lakers not given much chance here. You yeah, know? It's, <laughs> it's always they don't want us to be good, Anthony. That's what it comes down to. Is like the benefit yeah. of the doubt. It's it's like, and also everybody had such very strong and calcified opinions about the Lakers. Oh, Lakers stink. Yeah. They're they're you know not going to be able to get out of this. They're doomed not only now but long term. Their prospects are. It was all nonsense. It was all nonsense the entire time. But it became such a a a, a, a calcified narrative and yeah. that i think going to the nba awards voting too i think more than ever like the people who vote on the awards and the national media don't want to stand out from the consensus yes and so yep. everybody listens to the same two three fucking podcasts that yeah and, and like oh this is these are the guys that are in the conversation okay that's like so long as i vote for one of them i'm yeah. not gonna and meanwhile anthony davis Anthony Davis finishes 19th in all defense voting, right? We're, we're, I think we though, not like you and me specifically, but I think the, the general we is part of the problem because when you do see some creative thinking there, um, you see that person get dunked on fairly mercilessly. But bro, so, like Anthony Davis is a great defensive player. No, no, no I'm not, not talking about AD. No, no, I'm not talking I'm... about, yeah, I'm not talking about AD specifically, but like, all right, Walker Kessler, right, got, I believe, sure. an all defensive From Andy vote, Larson, right? who's a and, Salt Lake City and, guy, right? And that's, that. like, part of it is the perception there is going to matter, right? Because, like, he's voting for the guy that he covered, mm -hmm. and, and the knock on beat reporters voting for those things is that they're too close to look beyond the team that they cover, mm -hmm. right? Um. And, and I, I understood the, some of the criticism there, but like he made his case and, and I thought like he made points and, and, and I, you know, like to your point, um, now voting for Anthony Davis is not nearly right. the same thing That's what as I'm voting saying. for Walker I'm, Kessler. I'm not asking anyone to galaxy brain anything. Just watch yeah. the basketball and be like, holy crap, Anthony Davis is really good. Nobody yeah. seemed to do that on the defensive end. Well, that's also part of it. Nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about with defense, and especially the voters. Like, the voters, the voting pool, right, mostly older people who've been doing this for longer. Mm -hmm. And I think when you've been doing this for longer, um, that will kind of take away from your creativity, right? Um, sure. Like, you look at you look at the people who I think look, like, really deeply study the sport, right? And um, like somebody like Nikias, I think should have a vote. You know, oh, hell yeah, S Steve Steve uh, Phillips, who does the 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 the, the, Jones, the, yeah. the show with Jones. Yeah, sorry, um, does the show with him, right? Um, you know, I I I I know that people feel a certain way about Matt Moore or whatever and whatever, but like he has literally gone back and studied MVPs plural back in time and and charted like the impact that those guys made. And I think he should have an MVP vote. Like if you do, if you put in the time and look, it's possible to put in the time. Matt and I almost never agree on anything. So he has put in the time and I found him wrong a lot. But of course, the, but the care. problem with, yeah, like the problem with me is that I, I think you have a lot of people who have known they're going to have their vote and, and just kind of, it's easier for them to be like, well, what'd Zach say? Okay. Yeah. I'll just go uh -huh. with Zach, you know? Yep. And, and, and I like that, that to me is a real problem with this. And, and like, I, I really think like you had Mark Jackson leave Jokic off. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right. MVP ballot. And now he's potentially like, he's, he's getting uh, interviewed for head coaching gigs. But yeah, I, I just, um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of apathy in the actual voting pool that needs to be cured. And until it is, uh, 
these awards are going to continue to go further and further and further away from actually mattering when we get to this time of year where everybody's watching. Yeah. Like, imagine you're a casual fan. You haven't watched any of the, uh, you know, almost any of the regular season, and you're getting ready because, hey, it's the semis now. You have the four best teams, and, and you have stars across all of these rosters and stuff. And you're like, all right, so somewhere in here is the MVP, right? Well, <laughs> right. Uh, well, all right. Well, defense wins champions. Surely, there's going to be some representation of the all all defensive team, if not the defensive player of the year. Sure. Well, you know, <laughs> and I think that's a real problem there, and and I think it's really created a disconnect with casual fans and the product when you get to when everybody should be watching it. One of my lasting memories from when I was covering the team as a media member, just a little story, was uh, the two lower sections for the media are 104 and 108. And so these are courtside level, uh, but they are on the baseline. And this mm -hmm. is where ESPN and LA Times and all, all of the like biggest outlets, their representatives sit. And every once in a while, I'd get a seat down there as credential. You know, I'm a I'm a blog boy at the time, right? Yeah. So they're not, yeah. they used to put me up in Siberia. You used to get where, the nosebleeds. Yeah, yeah. Up in the nosebleeds where you're like higher than the, the LA Kings retired jerseys. You're you have like to like duck because them. you have like you, you might be hit you hit your head on the ceiling. Exactly. Yeah. yeah bird, totally bird's eye view. Most of the time it was in 117, which is on the second level. Good seats kind of diagonal. But the floor level is where all of the major ones sit, outlets. right? Mm -hmm. uh, major outlets sit. And so there's this one time I'm in that section, but I'm in the very last row, the very back row. And so I see everybody in front of me. And this is a regular season Lakers game. And this was one of the years where we weren't particularly good, but it's early enough in the season. It's not like the last game of the year where like, let's just get to the finish line. Right. Yeah. And I'm sitting and I'm looking three different media members have their laptops out and they're streaming a college football game. Oh my God. <laughs> so think about what would these seats yeah. cost, right? Let's, let's say that those yeah. weren't media section, your floor level at a Laker game, like mm -hmm. right there, man. Yeah. Those are thousand dollar seats. Right. Yeah. And the this is also your job right like this is what you do professionally for a living at work your job is to professionally pay attention to basketball mm -hmm. and it's you, the level of apathy is so high that you feel perfectly comfortable illustrating to everyone and you're not the only person that you don't particularly care what's happening yeah. in the game that's <laughs> in, happening in front yeah. of you the amount of times i saw that or a guy writing working on his article of the 30 teams in the NBA and paying way more attention to that than the actual basketball basketball game that's happening yeah. in front of you, but you're ranking for a major outlet, like than one through 30 teams in the league. You're not yeah. even paying attention to this game. And so until yeah. that changes, Anthony, we're going to have this disconnect between the actual basketball and the coverage of it. Yeah. Go, go to summer league. I remember when, when, when you go to summer league and it would be a big game, right? Lakers were always, especially when we've been coming up in this industry, right? Lakers have generally had like, you know, Lonzo or Ingram or, or whomever mm -hmm. playing in those things. And, um, and they always had the late game and, uh, they always do a very good job of like, you know, putting the number one pick against the number two pick in that late game where the focus should be the basketball. That's as close to an NBA game as you're going to get in that mm -hmm. setting. And you watch down there in that lower bowl, and you <clears throat> you'll you'll have uh, you'll have people who cover that team specifically watching closely and stuff like that. But far more often than not, you'll have media members like walking around the parameters of oh, that yeah. game with their backs away from from the yep. from the sport. You know, <laughs> they're on their phone. Like, yep. How are you? Really? All right. Cool. 
you know? Um, but I, I agree. And like, here's the other thing too. When you introduce um, new voters into the pool, the new voters are going to take it far more seriously right. than the people who have done it for a long time. And I remember back when I was covering the Dodgers, um, somebody, uh, there's the, you know, obviously there's the Baseball Writers Association of America, right? The official thing, and, and that's who gets to vote on Hall of Fame stuff. And, and then <clears throat> there was an Internet Baseball Writers of America, right? And Association of America. And, like, we would put together, like, Hall of Fame ballots that would run uh, congruent to the, the um, actual one to see, like, mm -hmm. just to see how they compare and stuff, right? And um, I took that so seriously. I took it... Like, I thought it was such an honor. I was brand new to that, like, to that arena, right? Because I'm a basketball guy, and I had just been hired um, to have, like, what, what felt like a pretty cool gig at the time. And, and um, you know, I took it so seriously. And it didn't matter at all. It did, it did not matter at all. And, and I really think that, like, if you introduce more people, and specifically younger people, mm -hmm. and, like, the NBA wants to foster this blogging atmosphere. They want to foster the internet creativity to it, but they don't welcome quote unquote us at all to the, mm -hmm. to the, to the, you know, adults table. And, you know, I think that's part of the problem. You know, it's, it, it's not just it, for one thing, blogging and stuff is more diverse culturally and the internet culture mm -hmm. is far more diverse culturally than, uh, the, 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 the writer pool right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, like just in terms of experiences and the stuff that we care and value like that, that's where you also get additional diversity, right? That's the whole point. That's why you want diversity is for that's those right. different life experiences. It's and, strange. and I think, uh, not by, by continuing to just kind of say like, Oh, that's cute. You guys have your little thing over there. I remember when I was at silver screen, we out trafficked most of the, the, the traditional platforms, oh, LA yeah. times, like we, all of the, like the register and look, we kind of game the system and that's why, you know, we kind of, we, we, but, but it's still like when you're talking about like readership and stuff, the stuff that I and Harrison were, were writing over the course of those years, we're reaching more people than mm -hmm. the people who like get that vote and get those seats down on the floor and get to ask questions. Shit, man. When, when, when you go, when you're a blogger and, and you like raise your hand to, to talk, you may as well have had your hand chopped off when you raise it up. <laughs> sure. like, it just, it just doesn't happen. And, and, um, and yeah, I, I you know, the, this is a, a very far tangent from what we were supposed to talk about, but yeah, when you, when you talk about like these awards and them not representing what actually matters in the league, and a lot of people are just going to go straight to the cop out of, well, it's a regular season award. It shouldn't necessarily represent the playoffs. The playoffs are what matter. Right. Like, That's what everyone's <laughs> playing for. <laughs> like, that's what that's what we're here for it, like that's that, that's a that's a bug in the system that should probably be addressed at some point mm -hmm. um all right we do uh we we're 20 minutes in we haven't talked at all about the series that is to come and uh i feel f slightly more confident than i did going into the warrior series um uh Go, because I like that Denver allows like Rui and Vanderbilt to play a bigger role in this than they did against the Warriors. The Warriors um, break the math, and I was nervous going into that one because we just saw Anthony Davis basically turn off John Morant, right? Um, 
and and that was because like all of Jaw's stuff has to come at the rim and he works his game out from there. And like Steph is less reliant upon that. And I was like, well, that makes me nervous that AD, the, the, the Lakers defensive identity might be minimized by the way that Steph is capable of playing that game. Um, this one though, the Lakers have the ability here. AD has the ability here to minimize Denver's identity. And that's, that's kind of my starting point. Um, and look, you could say the same thing. Jokic is an incredible player. And if he minimizes the Lakers' defensive identity by playing well against AD, it's also a really short mm-hmm. series. So, like, I, I, how, how are you feeling going into this? Uh, that's, where, that's kind of where I'm starting from, and then everything else kind of works out from there. But how are you looking at this series? So I think you're spot on with that, and I want to lead by saying Denver is a fantastic team, and I think they're the best team that we have played so far. Like, Golden State has a higher ceiling, right? They've won a championship. Mm-hmm. And that group of players could have been a better version than they were this year. But yeah, they, they didn't hate each other. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, you start a season with one guy punching the other guy in the face. <laughs> you win, like, 10 games on the road all year, right? Like, yeah. they had no momentum going into the playoffs. And so even though the roster was very similar to last season, that was not the team that it was the year before. Yeah. Denver is the best team that we've played and have – a dead bang superstar in Jokic. He's not going out the way that Embiid did, right? Like this is mm. the, Jokic is no. the man, right? And so yeah. that said, no disrespect to Jokic, Anthony Davis is going to win some battles against Jokic, right? Yeah. Jokic is going to win some battles against him, right? It's just yep. that if the question is, how do we guard Nikola Jokic? There aren't many people who I'd be happier to start with the answer to that than Anthony Davis. It's yep. not the whole answer. Jokic, one of the things I'm curious to see is how much can he just physically bully him? Because that's kind of a... He weighs like 40 pounds more than AD. He does. And AD has gotten bigger than the last time they played in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that is typically the type of big guy that AD has struggled with the most, right? Yeah. So The Gobert's, the Embiid's, the Drummond. Like, weirdly, Drummond plays really well against AD. Yeah. It's the big physical bruiser, grizzly bear type of fives, right? And so that's part of why Dwight was helpful in the last series. That said... On the other end of the floor, I think there are holes all over their defense that the Lakers specifically can attack. I think Mm -hmm. it's likely Dennis starts instead of Vando. Um, Mm. And I think that one of the weaknesses of Denver is their ball screen defense. That's focused too much around like Jokic can't guard the pick and roll, which is nonsense. He totally can. And he likes to show higher. But that's the thing, Anthony, is that what Jokic is good at defensively on, on ball screens is not really what you want to do against the Lakers. And the Lakers are not Phoenix in that it's KD and Booker and Chris Paul in the first couple games shooting like 15 footers. They want to get in the paint, right around the basket, get to the free throw line, right? And so that's a level of the Lakers have ball screen opportunities. If Dennis starts, it's D'Lo, Austin, uh, Dennis, LeBron, and AD. All five of those guys, you can put the ball in their hands as a a ball handler and a ball screen. Uh, I think we'll attack try to attack Jokic in space a lot with AD. But the I think, to put it in one sentence, with AD being the main guy guarding Jokic, he's going to win enough battles to where we have more answers for their biggest questions than they have for ours when we're yeah. on offense, you know? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I that, that was essentially my concern going into the Golden State series was – um, the Lakers had answers, but I felt like the Warriors had more answers that, you know, like they, they had more and, and like, I, again, um, 
if that Golden State Warriors team didn't actively hate each other, and if like Kaminga could maybe get some minutes in there and all of that stuff, I think that series probably go plays out a little differently. But still, the Lakers certainly helped how much they hated each other. They certainly helped how like you know one thing that you don't want when you don't like your your teammates and stuff is to also feel fatigued and beat up. Yes, and the Lakers beat the shit out of them over the course of yep. that series, and and I think that's why you saw in that game six the the Warriors was just like. No, <laughs> this sucks. Like yep. Jordan Poole's thinking of like a beach in Cancun that doesn't have Draymond Green on it. Shit, he could have been thinking about like a frozen beach in Greenland that didn't have Draymond Green on it. He just wanted <laughs> to get away from Draymond, I think. Yeah. And 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 I think uh, in, in this one, I I do agree with your assessment that the Lakers have a lot of answers to a lot of the questions that the that the Nuggets really impose on you. Um. I want to go back to your your point on on Dennis starting because I actually think um, I could see it, but I also kind of wonder though if if um, in order to limit the amount of time and the wear that you see on AD over the course of the series, if it might make sense to have Vanderbilt like front Jokic in the post and and have AD do a little bit more roaming, um, it, it, it maybe not at the start of games, but certainly over the course of the game. I I get that. I think that if you put Vanderbilt on Jokic, he's going to eat him alive. And I understand yeah. you're saying fronting him, but that means sending help from the low side as well. Yeah. The But the main argument against Vando is on the other end of the floor is that's who yep. Jokic would almost certainly guard. And it kind of it allows Jokic to stay in the paint and help on any drive. It kind of yeah. neutralizes. Or the, just not defend. Yeah, or not. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so I think... Like Vando, I think is going to be important in that those small ball groups that Denver's yeah. recently gone Guarding to Aaron Murray. Gordon. Yeah, they've gone to Aaron Gordon at the five, and I think that those LeBron groups where AD is off the floor, like LeBron, Vando, Rui in the front court, Lonnie's become an important part in these last couple of games of that guard group. Uh, and I think D'Lo was the other in Game Six, at least. We'll see how how long they extend his minutes, but that is the time where yeah, he can guard Murray, he can help on the boards, and with some athletic size when AD is out of the game, I think the bench yeah. groups are, are a more appropriate place for Vando. Whereas with the starters, if you start Dennis, I don't think there's anywhere to hide Jokic. It forces Michael Porter Jr. to defend ball screens when you walk yeah. to who's MPJ guarding. Say it's Adilo. We're running D screens with Jokic's man set a screen on Michael Porter Jr. Who doesn't defend that action very often. Denver likes to yeah. put him on other guys, right? I Especially think, as a ball handler. Like he exactly. might guard screeners, but he doesn't guard, he doesn't guard ball handlers in the PNR. Yeah, exactly. And so I think That's that puts it. Denver in a, in a tough spot. And as a result of that, I think Bruce Brown is going to be really important in this series. Yeah. Yeah. I was really bummed that the Lakers didn't sign Bruce Brown. It's worked out because Lonnie had the series of his life against Golden State. And, and it, and it makes me feel a little bit better about it, but you remember this, like we talked about it yep. back after the the, the summer. Both of our guy. Like, yep. Man, I really wanted Bruce Bound, and Me he's too. been so good for them. Um, yeah, I, I I I I like the idea though of of basically being able to at any point, no matter who MPJ. Like I think I really think they're gonna do whatever they can to like. I I don't know if they might even have to be go, like have to go zone there to keep MPJ out of those pick and rolls. Um, mm -hmm. But but we'll we'll, we'll kind of see. That said, like MPJ um, is a better defender, especially in space. Like as a as a as an isolation defender, mm -hmm. I think people give him credit for. So what I like what we've seen from LeBron sometimes, especially early in series, as he learns that oh MPJ actually can defend in space, is that he'll like hunt MPJ for the switch. 
and then attack them on the switch. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily how you want to do that. I think you want to get him in motion, force him to, to navigate those screens and stuff. And, and yeah, if he's guarding D'Lo or if he's guarding Reeves or whatever, um, that would make him. And by the way, you have to take him out of the series because the Nuggets, I, I think Adam, who did the show with me yesterday, said that the Nuggets are like 17 and five when he scores 20 or more points. Mm -hmm. And he is such an important part of their success that if you make him feel uncomfortable, that really changes the outlook of the series. Um, I want to talk to you about LeBron. Let's do it. Because if I would have told you going into any series this year, last year, five years ago, whatever, that, hey, uh, LeBron's team is going to win two playoff series. LeBron has only scored 30 points once, I believe, and um, has mostly spent his time kind of picking his spots and and dominating when he, when he tries to, mostly. But for the most part, taking a, a, a fairly, pa especially in, in LeBron terms, a fairly passive approach to a playoffs. And that team has won two series twice handily. Um, what's your... What's your takeaway there? <laughs> that is cause for huge celebration at, from, from <laughs> Laker fans. And the reason for that, Anthony, is because it's a long-term thing too, right? In in that this is exactly where we wanted to be. I've, I've been thinking about it. I've finally gotten the right analogy for this crazy journey we've been on the last couple of years, right? So we win the 2020 Mushrooms? championship. Mushrooms? <laughs> They're helpful sometimes. Uh, uh, so... We win the title in 2020, and a lot of defensive players, particularly on the perimeter. LeBron is our center of the universe, of which what you just described, the there ain't no winning two playoff series in 2020 with LeBron yeah. putting up that type of production, right? But So we win the title, yay, we're all happy about it. But to transition to the latter stages of LeBron's career probably means that you don't want LeBron trying to break guys down off of the dribble the more time that goes on and the older that he gets, right? And so we're driving this car. We're, we're all on a bus, right? The Lakers, the team, yeah. the executives, the staff, the fans, and we're all driving and we got to get off the freeway on Ball Handler Boulevard, right? Yeah. We decide we need to get a, a Ball Handler. It's on Ball Handler Boulevard and we get off the freeway, but we're supposed to turn left and we turn right instead because the type yeah. of ball handler that we pursue is and hit the gas guy. too. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and it's downhill. It's downhill, and now it starts to get dark, and like there are branches, like you know, yeah, maybe, you know, there are alligators. On Everybody's the side locking like, their doors. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so we're like, oh shit, we went, we went the wrong way. We're on the right yeah. street, but we went the wrong way, and that's that's the Westbrook trade, right? In that we didn't need another guy basketball wise that put a ton of pressure on the rim, but also could not shoot that actually exacerbated our existing problem of turning LeBron and AD into bigs, but they're not really three point shooters. Right. And so you made an existing problem way worse by trying to address another one, but we slowed down the bus. We got it turned around. It took a minute and now we're heading the other direction and it's exactly what we needed. That's the thing about mm -hmm. like the D'Lo Austin backcourt and even throwing Dennis into this as well. Like those are the types of guards that you need. I'd love if we had a bigger physical guard that could be a point of attack defender, a Caruso type of guy, right? In, in, in all, in, in all NBA defender kind of yeah. guard, that well, kind yeah. of guy. O only when he leaves the Lakers, is he an all NBA defender, right? <laughs> yeah. Fucking assholes. Um, <laughs> And so, uh, so that to me is one of the things to celebrate, Anthony, is that like 
this is short-term and long-term a very good thing. If we were going to be a really good team, a contender, of which I think making the conference finals puts you in that conversation, if you're going to be a contender, we needed certain type of personnel around LeBron that could alleviate some of that that lift and allow him to pick the spots the way that you were just saying. And so to swing so wildly so quickly from, oh, we're going the wrong way to, oh, we're on the right street. We just are going in the opposite direction now. Mm -hmm. I think that that is just a huge win for the team and a sign that the Lakers are actually really good. Yeah. So uh, I think importantly there too, like I, 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 as you were starting your analogy, I kind of looked at it like, like car shopping basically. And and like uh, the the version of the car that like the family needed was like a pickup truck, right? And and um, you know the you still needed some gas efficiency or whatever. And the Lakers like they saw the seventy five thousand dollar like super duper truck with the giant wheels that gets right. like three miles to the gallon, you know. <laughs> And, and they went and bought the very first truck that they, that they saw there on the lot because it's presented with that in mind. Like, oh, man, that's the one that daddy's going to like, right? Um, and, and they allocated so many resources to, at that point, what was still kind of a theoretical problem. You know, we still hadn't known for sure that LeBron would need this, right? We had a feeling that eventually we would arrive here, but we didn't definitely need it. Um, look at me. This is how you know the Lakers are good because I'm saying we, right? This is uh, how, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's those assholes when when we're like 33 and 45, right? I, no, now it's we. I, came, I see how it is. I came up. I came up like <laughs> if I if I ever said we in my writing and stuff like that, like it was immediately dunked on by every single journalist who would hop in my DMs like, oh, we, huh, we. Right. Yeah, that's so the like I've like that's that's the thing they care about, right? It's, it's yeah. God forbid, right? You not not the attention. not the substance of what I was writing, but the fat like the pronouns I was using. Right. Yeah. Watch your college bowl game on your laptop while the game. That's fine. That's totally socially acceptable. <laughs> God forbid you feel connection to the team. Um, but but so like when the Lakers uh when they went for Russ, I thought they they allocated too many resources to at that point what I thought was still a theoretical concern. And um here though, because they have taken that giant truck and sold it albeit for like you know 65,000 of the 70 or 80,000 that they paid for it um and and now spread that money across their family budget and and addressed other things by moving that big ass truck like not only did they arrive back onto the street that they should have been in the first place but they also have other things that help those like that that theory it helps prove that theory correct because they have other pieces that allow LeBron to focus more solely on like, cause what LeBron always does and we've seen it in two straight series, he kind of sits there, he studies, he studies, mm -hmm. he studies. And then, Oh, okay. Right. And, and against golden state, like what he realized was like, Oh, wait a second. I weigh like 50 pounds more than Andrew Wiggins. And that guy has some fucked up ribs. Yeah. Very first possession of the game, he's elbowing Wiggins. Up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so was Wiggins' chest. Um, yeah, so, I was like every every one of those bumps. I was like, Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, what what this what going back onto that street that you're talking about has allowed him to do is kind of sit there in the back seat and look around and be like, 
Oh, okay. That's the thing that I'm. That's the scab I'm gonna pick at when we yep. when when it time when it comes time for me when when that spot that I've been waiting to pick comes along. Now I can really solely focus on that thing. My question to you, Pete, is like, what do you think that that spot is going to be here for for the against the Nuggets? Because um, Aaron Gordon is like a kind of a combination of Dylan Brooks and Andrew Wiggins as a yep. defender. He has better foot speed than Dylan Brooks, and he's way more physical than Andrew Wiggins. Um, and I don't think the, the I don't think LeBron is just going to be able to bully him into the basket in the same way he did with like the entire Greater Bay Area. So, um, what 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 do you think LeBron is going to identify when when it comes time to? So on the offensive end, I expect him to be a pick-and-roll ball handler a lot. That's how we've attacked Denver uh, quite a bit when Gordon is on him, is mm -hmm. have him be the pick-and-roll ball handler and then have AD set the screen. And that's yeah. one of the few combinations where teams won't just switch that. Now, yeah. maybe I Denver does. I just so excited thinking about it because right. they usually just switch it, and it doesn't really accomplish anything. And so think about that going downhill. Middle ball screen, AD rolling to the basket, LeBron getting downhill, whatever level that Jokic is at. They're going to have to tag in from the weak side. And then that's D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves mm -hmm. in the corner. Like the last two series, the Lakers went up against Jaron Jackson Jr. and Draymond Green as the main interior defenders. They're two of the very best in the NBA at that. And that's not what Denver's best at, right? And so with Gordon in particular, I expect LeBron when he does have the ball, it's not going to be LeBron in the post and doing that, that boom, boom back down yeah. the way you're talking mm -hmm. about with Wiggins, but rather as a ball screener, then on the defensive end, what I think we really need from LeBron is his defensive rebounding, right? This whole mm -hmm. like, Hey, we should start three guards and these D'Lo Austin and Dennis that puts a way higher ask on LeBron and AD on the defensive boards. And I think one of the better counters to my argument that we should start Dennis is that maybe that's our closing lineup, but yeah. to start out and ask that of them every game throughout the course of a seven game series, may be too much, which is why I wonder if Rui is a way of, yeah, I was just thinking difference. like maybe, yeah. maybe it's a Ru maybe it's more of a Rui series than a Vando one. Yeah. Right. Cause I, I think that you don't want to give them somebody to completely abandon on the perimeter because that takes away a lot of that wonderful scenario that I just described, right. Where it's mm -hmm. like, there's going to be another body in the paint if it's Vando and like let him shoot the corner three. And we see that over and over again. I don't want to give them that escape route. And I would love to make them guard a bunch of pick and roll guys because that's not what they do best. But the downside to that is on the other end. This is one of the few matchups where AD doesn't necessarily have the rebounding advantage of the guy on the guy that's next to him, right? Yeah. Looney is a similar offensive rebounder and then he's freaking great at it as Jokic, right? Uh, and yeah. so there's there's some of that there, but like we got to be able to rebound and I think LeBron's going to be really important in that. Yeah, I, 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 now that I kind of think about it, um, going with, you know, Reeves and Russell and then Rui, LeBron and AD, um, I don't know if that's how they'll necessarily start. It, it also wouldn't surprise me if Darwin goes right back to the Vando starting lineup just because, mm -hmm. like, um, that's kind of what he's done over the course of the postseason, right? He's only had one game where he started Dennis, and 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 I kind of wonder. Now, look, his default setting also is to go small. He would, you know, Darwin mm -hmm. would, would prefer to go small. So, um, yeah, the, this, this starting lineup is really going to be interesting. I do think it has to be a choice between the two that we're talking about there. Mm -hmm. um, all right, well... We are now 40 minutes in. 
your 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 prediction. How are you feeling about it? How confident are you uh, in this in this matchup? And um, yeah, next time you and I talk, it, you know, what what do you think you and I are going to be talking about? I mean, I think Lakers in five was the theme in 2020, and I think Lakers in six wow. is the theme th- this mm-hmm. year. Um, okay. I think that, I was I like, think, wow. wow, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's that said, I do think that we pose a ton of problems for them offensively. I think that it and it's no intended disrespect toward them. I just think that we have a lot of what they struggle with the most in their half court defense in terms of ball screens. And we've got the whole offense is built around the ability to run a pick and roll. We have the potential to put five guys on the floor. that can handle the ball in a ball screen. Two of them can be role guys, whether it's LeBron or AD and that's LeBron and Anthony Davis as the role guys at that right on. And I just, so I just think they put so much pressure on a weakness of Denver's who they're going to press back in other ways. And Jokic is phenomenal, but I just, I really think the Lakers have uh, are are the better team in the series. I kind of wonder also, like with Rui being in the starting lineup, if you'd see some LeBron Rui pick and rolls that force, like you know, you have Rui setting the screen on Gordon, and either you have uh, MPJ guarding LeBron, who LeBron can kind of back down, or they blitz it, and you have like Rui in the short roll was actually really effective in mm-hmm. in some of those spots. Um, so I kind of wonder if if that might be. Um, one tool, but like you, but that like kind of goes back to your point that like as you're talking about all of the questions that the Lakers force on them offensively, there's a lot that that I think the Lakers can kind of do here. Mm-hmm. Um, that that I I I couldn't wait for the Golden State series. I can't wait for this one. I really think whoever wins Game One has a really good chance at winning the series. Um, and and look, the Lakers have set that script. We've seen them really focus on it. So I think tonight. Because uh, I'm just going to post this right after we're done. Um, I think tonight you're probably going to see Ham coach this to win this game, um, and then you know we'll see how they adjust if they don't. But yeah, I, I, you know, tonight's a huge one, and I, yeah, and uh, look, man, the Lakers are potentially four wins from from getting to the finals, eight wins from from winning a damn thing, and and I just keep going back to like even before you and I started podcasting again, I said, hey, you know. This, I really like this team, and I've been trying. You know me; I'm I'm a very like pessimistic person, mm-hmm. especially as it pertains to the Lakers. And and even I, like after the deadline, I was like, man, there's a lot that the Lakers can do in transition, defensively, in the half court. Like this feels like a potential finals team, mm-hmm. a, a championship team, mm-hmm. and and here we are. So man, I. I I can't wait for the series. I can't wait to see where this thing all goes. And and like I wrote for Substack, by the way, this might just be the beginning. Like the Lakers are going to have a really interesting offseason ahead of them where not only can they bring back core pieces of this team that is potentially getting you to a championship, but there's a lot of contracts that they can move. They're going to have two first rounders to potentially move on draft night. I man, this is a fun this is a fun thing. Um I've actually been listening to your guys' shows um because again, when the Lakers are good, I try to get all content Mm-hmm. Um, so Pete does the show with, uh, Mike and with Darius over there at LFR Ph- phenomenal stuff. And if you're listening to this, my guess is you're listening to theirs as well. Pete, thank you very much for hopping on. I know you're swamped, but I, I, I this is, this has been so much fun getting to podcast, uh, through this playoff run with you again. Hell yeah. Let's do it again, man. We didn't get to do that, right? Like the Lakers 
did were we podcasting when they it was i think we stopped in like april of yeah because the, there was the yeah because there was the pandemic right so the suspension yeah, of that the thing i think that that's when you and i stopped recording because i don't yeah. think we did the playoff run together no so this has been fun this has been fun we we podcasted for years about shitty basketball now we finally get to talk about good stuff uh and 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 it isn't uh at this point interrupted by a pandemic so thanks again bud talk to you soon best of luck here for the series go lakers go us right go us <laughs> we are gonna win this anthony <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.